This is Shi'ar Jashub, featuring the ministry of Pastor Greg Scalzo and coming from Shi'ar Jashub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today we will be continuing a sermon in my husband's series on Heavenly Authority. Pastor is discussing the problem in the church of false teachers, and when we left off, he was reading from 1 Timothy chapter 1, starting at verse 3. Let's rejoin Pastor Greg. And what does it all do? What are all the false stories and the mythologies and the genealogies, the endless genealogies and the theories and the minutiae and this modifying of the law unlawfully? What does it do? It makes a lot of busy work, right? That is a distraction, causes disputes many times, and breaks down the body of Christ and diverts us from the true faith in Jesus Christ. People like to be entertained. They like to be interested in things. We all do. We all like to hear different information, watch television, read books, right? And there are some false teachers that pull on that desire to want to know different things. And there's a lot of things in the Bible that are tremendous to to discover, to learn, to study. You can pick an area, eschatology, Israel, pick any area in the Bible, you can spend a whole lifetime studying it, and that can be good. But they pick off that good instinct, and they twist it to get people captive to what they're telling them, and it distracts, it diverts, it takes away from the true faith in God. Yet a lot of building up of men's ideas around the truth in the early church. And these traditions, these man-made traditions are a misuse of the law of God, using the Old Testament to pull into busy work. And what, it, what happens with these new systems and all these stories and all these genealogies? You draw the attention of the people onto the teacher, the one that has this great information he wants to share. With the others, the attention gets fixed on the teacher, on his or her theory, on the minutia, and the tendency, you can start on the path of Christ with the theory, but the tendency is, the tendency is to go off on that path. The path leads you away from Jesus. When you're doing a true study in some area of the Bible, say last day events, right? It should, if you're just focusing on the scriptures and the word of God, it should bring you closer to Jesus Christ, right? Any area you start to study in the Bible, you come close to the Jesus. When you start to add to by false teachings, that path will ultimately bring you away from Jesus Christ, away from the faith in the gospel. And the true teaching of the apostles, the path may start with Christ, but it doesn't end with Christ. Now, Paul gives him this commandment, charge them, charge them to teach no other doctrine, nor give heed, don't even heed, don't listen to fables, endless genealogies which cause disputes rather than godly edification which is in faith. The Gnostics were great for this. Remember, at the time of the New Testament writers, you had the beginning of this Gnostic movement. It didn't blossom for another hundred years. But they wanted knowledge. Gnostic comes from knowledge. You know, an agnostic is someone that says, I can't have knowledge of God. Well, a Gnostic 
who is very much like New Ages today, they have secret knowledge. They have better knowledge. And they would get themselves to the point that they would even deny the Lord Jesus Christ. And a lot of these books that come out are Gnostic books that you hear about on the television. Always wanting to know, but it's not God's knowledge, it's some teacher's ideas. And it caused a lot of problems in the early church. And the reason he commands it, the reason he tells them to avoid it, to charge these people to teach no other teaching, no other doctrine, he says in verse 5, now the purpose of the commandment is love. The goal of this commandment in the NIV, it says, the purpose, the goal is love. Agape, that's the word there for love, amen. The purpose of the commandment is love. And he says, look at these three things he lists. Love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from a sincere faith. Sincere faith. Pure heart. Born again, new creatures. Right? When the heart is pure, when the heart is cleansed, we can see God. Blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Right? Not hearing somebody give a teaching and then, you know, sit there and, and pull off one word and then go off on a tangent here and go off on a tangent there. The scriptures through the Holy Spirit to a pure heart. And we have understanding. Pure heart. That's the goal, is love. And that love comes from that information that you should have, the faith that you should have, and the reason you need pure teaching is that the goal of the commandment is love that comes from a pure heart. It comes from a good conscience. A good conscience. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about our conscience. I was looking in um, Concordance the other day, and there are tons of scriptures in the New Testament about the conscience, and that's really a whole other study on itself. But that sense or consciousness of moral goodness or blameworthiness, you know, if we're doing something right, if we're doing something wrong, of our own conduct, our own intentions, our character, together with the obligation to do what is right or to do what is good. That's the definition, a good definition of conscience. Um, and if you look at the Greek word for it, you can add in there doing that which is the will of God, knowing, apprehending, understanding when we're doing the will of God, when we're not doing the will of God, and that movement inside of us to want to do the will of God. And some people sear their conscience. You know, as a little child, as a baby, your conscience is given to you uh, as a Geiger counter, and it's pretty reliable. And as we get older, even as children, we start to sear it, we start to hurt it. We start to say, well, this is acceptable, and that's acceptable, and the conscience doesn't become a good indicator after a while of what's right and wrong because it's not the way it was in the beginning. We've twisted it, we've hurt it, we've hardened it. Paul is saying here that a pure heart, a good conscience, a, uh, a conscience that will be quickened by the Holy Spirit so that we'll sense if we're doing something wrong and we'll desire to do that which is right. And that's what's going to put us in a position of love, of doing the agape will of God. A pure heart, a good conscience, and then what does he say uh, in verse 5? A sincere faith. A sincere faith. 
That word there in the Greek for sincere means literally unhypocritical. And unhypocritical faith, a true faith, not a false faith, not a faith to try to pull people's attention, a faith that is true and honest and good, a pure faith. What a difference between the false teaching and the good teaching. The goal is love in Christ Jesus, and that love will come from a pure heart, a good conscience, a sincere faith. Now you notice, what do the false teachers do? They replace the pure heart. What do we just read back in 2 Peter? They replace a pure heart with lusts, right? With people doing whatever their flesh desires, telling them you're free to do what you want. Their covetousness, their lusts, their lewdness, he says in verse 18. They take a good conscience and they replace it with bondage to corruption. They take faith in Christ and they replace it with nonsense, emptiness, great swelling words of emptiness that distracts, dilutes the gospel, replaces the interest and focus in Christ with something else. And you can fill in the blank. Using all along using all along using Christianity as a cover. But God's kind of love doesn't come from that. It comes from a pure heart, good conscience, and faith in Christ. And he says then in verse 6, let me reread 5. Now the purpose of the commandment is love from a pure heart, from a good conscience, and from sincere faith, from which some having strayed, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk. They get off the right path, right? and they go on to idle talk. That word idle means meaningless, vain, empty, empty, meaningless talk. They substitute the one for the other. And think of some of the things in Christianity over the centuries, or cults of Christianity, that have distracted people from the true faith in Jesus Christ, a simple gospel being born again. Right? And a lot of it can be great swelling ideas, but in the end, what are they? They're empty. They're empty. A person could go into a church and do those activities or get caught up in that idea or that fable, that myth, and go week after week and never know the gospel of Jesus Christ about being born again, about repentance and salvation. So they're empty. It's empty. It's vain. It's meaningless. From which some, having strayed, have turned aside to idle talk, verse 7, desiring to be teachers of the law, desiring to be teachers of the law. Now remember last time we discussed how in James he tells us in uh, chapter 3 verse 1, brethren let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Right. Uh, and we also discussed the need for teachers in the church. There is this desire among many to be teachers because they want to get attention. Jesus said, Matthew 23, 6, 7, they love the best places at feasts, the best seats in the synagogues, greetings, greetings in the marketplaces, and to be called by men, rabbi, rabbi, teacher, teacher, right? It's an attention getter. And if people want attention, they'll say, well, I can be a Bible teacher, and I have this idea, and they draw the people to them to get attention and also power and also money 
to themselves. He says, desiring, that's the reason that this comes in, desiring to be teachers of the law. But look, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. In the NIV, it says, uh, they do not know what they are talking about or what they so confidently affirm. That Greek word means to confirm thoroughly, constantly. They seem very confident in what they're saying. They seem tremendously confident. That's where the people gather around them because they say, well, he seems to really know this. They seem like experts in the word. They are the ministry. They are the priests. They've gone through the seminaries. And they have the knowledge, and they may give you a little bit of it if you come and you listen carefully. They're the experts. They know. But what does Paul say? They really don't know, right? He says, understanding neither what they say nor the things which they affirm. They really don't know the things of God. They really don't know the Word of God. They really don't know the law of God. And they certainly don't know the agape, the love of God. In verse 8 he says, but we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully. They twist the law, the implication is they use the law unlawfully, and unfortunately this has happened over and over in history. We are live streaming the Sunday morning message at 10.30 a.m. on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle YouTube channel and we leave the messages up on the channel for a library that can be accessed 24-7. You can search YouTube to get to the channel or use the link we have placed on the www.shiarjashub.org website.